This is Not Quite Dead, a gal pal horror movie discussion podcast. We do deep dives on our favorite scary movies, but sometimes we really just like to keep it shallow. I'm your host, Kate. I'm Megan. Get ready for all the spoilers. Welcome to our vampire finale. This has been a not very scary season, but it has been fun. Yes, fun is a good word for it. Fun and informative. I have learned so much about vampires. Kate, vampires have really just sort of taken over my life in the past year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Till now, right? I have watched, I want to say, seven new vampire movies because Honestly, I don't think I had seen any of these before this except for 30 Days of Night. And uh, I'm also playing this game called Age of Sigmar. And it's a it's a war miniatures game. And the army that I've chosen is a vampire army. <laughs> it's everywhere. You're just all in. You just you just went both feet in on vampires this year. <laughs> We have some fun segments lined up for you guys with our finale. We are going to be taking a quiz on vampire movies that we have never heard of before. We are going to discuss uh, vampire trait commonalities. We saw so many different types of vampires across these eight movies, and there were some areas that they all had in common, and then many, many, many items that they did not share at all. So we're going to get into the details. And of course, as we do every finale, there will be a craft involved. And we are basing that craft off of all of these crazy traits that vampires may or may not have. We hope that you enjoy this finale episode and maybe it will inspire you to turn your year into a year of vampires as well. that most of our vampire horror movies truly were not horror movies. They actually belonged to other genres, first and foremost, with a little bit of horror thrown in. So we wanted to take a vampire quiz to see if we could spot the actual genre of the vampire movies that we're hearing about. And today, to help us facilitate this quiz, we have a very special guest, the composer of all of the music for Not Quite Dead and from Tabletop Titans, Zach Pfeiffer. Hi, guys. Nice to be here. Um, I'm very excited. You guys needed somebody to make a quiz up so that you weren't taking a quiz that you had made up yourselves, which would not be <laughs> as exciting for anyone. So I'm happy to be that person. Very corrupt quiz. Yeah. Thanks for helping us with that. Zach, could you tell us how this quiz is going to work? So the quiz is very similar to if you've ever played Balderdash and they give you one of the categories is they'll give you a movie name 
And you then have to make up a synopsis for the movie. What I've done is researched some vampire films, looked at their names, sort of read up on them, and then created a multiple choice quiz that has the actual synopsis as one of the answers, and the other three are not the right answer. So it is multiple choice. You are going to hear four synopsises. Synopside? Is that a... Synops- synopsis. <laughs> you will hear four synopsi. I think it might be synopsi. You're going to hear four of those. One of them is actually the movie. And I will just warn everybody in advance that these movies are wild. Um, like, wow, there are so many crazy vampire movies, like hundreds. Um, yes. And as Megan was saying, uh, vampires seem to almost be more of like a plot device tossed into any genre imaginable. I can't wait to start this quiz. I love quizzes. Are we ready? Are we are we ready to jump in? I am yes, ready. Let's yes. Do it. Quiz me. All right, here we go. The first movie is called Batman Dracula. And yeah, I know, I know right away. Superhero here we go. Here, Dracula. <laughs> here are the four possible uh synopsises. Now, for this one, I also included the date of the movie. I thought that was sort of interesting. So here we go. Batman Dracula. Is it a 2004 drug-induced haze depicting one wild night in Miami with vampires? 1972 non-DC sanctioned superhero film depicting Batman versus Dracula. A 1964 art house fan film shown only at Andy Warhol exhibitions. Or is it a 1986 Teens hyped up on arcade games, pizza, and Coca-Cola take on Dracula in a shopping mall. Oh, my God. It could be any of these. I think these are all so good. Oh, my God. And Zach came up with three of these, which I think is even better. You know, what's amazing is I was listening to this and trying to think, like, which of these are in Zach's movies. And all of them them could be real movies. (laughs) I did have uh, the foresight to take the synopsis and kind of rephrase it in my, in my voice, Kate, as you're saying. So I tried to disguise the actual, I didn't just like copy paste from Wikipedia. Yeah, that would have been too easy. I I'm going to go with 1986, the arcade games, pizza and Coca-Cola, because that just sounds like the most likely opportunity for a plot with this title. You know, I am going to go with, the 1964 art house fan film because I feel like that is the only way I can see people <laughs> using Batman and Dracula <laughs> in the same context. Um, I feel like po- like post like 1960s, like people would only be associating Batman with like the DC Batman. So that's right. the one I'm going to go for. Okay. Well, one of you is right. And one of you should be right. Megan, you should be right, but Kate, you are correct. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Now, kind of interesting. The one I said, not not DC sanctioned. This film was not DC sanctioned. And it was also considered lost until maybe like 10 years ago. But apparently it was just this very bizarre uh, movie that was made in the 60s. This is like early 60s too. So you have to imagine this thing was nuts. Can we find it online anywhere? I don't know. Um, I, I looked it up a little bit, and they don't really talk much about the plot um, on mm. with the Wikipedia. Okay, so uh, are we ready for the next one? All right, question two. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Question two. 
The movie is just called Nadja. Here we go. Is it a gritty East German pseudo-erotic horror set in Chinenko-era Soviet Union? Is it a confused David Lynch-produced neo-noir featuring Dracula's daughter? Is it a man-versus-nature horror thriller centered around a folksy vampire and his pet grizzly, also a vampire? (laughs) Or is it a psychological horror set in the Black Forest, realm of cuckoo clocks and vampires? So all of them are horrors except for the David Lynch-produced neo-noir. Right. Interesting. But it could be confused because it wants to be a horror. I think I'm going to go with confused David Lynch-produced neo-noir featuring Dracula's daughter. Ah, That's the one I was going to go for. Let's do it. Let's go in (laughs) together. We're going all in on number two. Okay, you guys, you guys are both right. That's okay, it. great. Yes. <laughs> it's the only one with uh, featuring a, a a woman. It seems like. Well, the bear I imagined was named Nadia. <laughs> True. Yeah. I, I imagine the bear was a woman <laughs> <laughs> named Nadia. Yeah, this one also looks super wild. Definitely worth looking this one up. I know. And Kate, you love David Lynch. I know. I was like, oh, this is Zach throwing in a bait for me. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Killer Barbies versus Dracula. Oh my gosh, I love it already. Okay, is it San Fernando Valley Housewives take on Dracula? Voodoo Animated Dolls take on Dracula? A punk rock band takes on Dracula? Or dog show enthusiasts take on Dracula? So when you say take on, you mean like like they're fighting or like they take on the guise of Dracula? They're fighting versus. Okay, just making sure. I'm going to go punk rock band. Yeah. Although I love the the concept of San Fernando Valley Housewives. It's very funny. <laughs> it's super funny. I'm going to go with voodoo animated dolls. I'm going to go literal with this one and just see if I'm right. Okay. Once again, Kate, you're right. Killer Barbies is a real punk band oh. uh, from Spain. And they were in this movie. They played themselves. And um, again, probably a wild one, I'm imagining. I want to see this movie. I want to see all of these movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Was it like a, a an underground film or? I, I You know, I'm not sure, but I honestly think a lot of these are. Like we already yeah. saw the Andy Warhol one. Uh, next one. This one I think you guys are going to really like. It's called Lamp, the movie. Oh, gosh. Is it an experimental fantasy film with Dracula portrayed by a lamp? An experimental fantasy film with an actor playing Dracula who is playing a lamp? Is it an experimental fantasy film with a lamp portrayed by an actor playing Dracula? Or is it an experimental lamp film that is a fantasy of a Dracula as an actor? What? Oh I don't understand any this of these. It feels like rubber. It does. And I'm like, oh man, this movie I don't want to watch. <laughs> okay, I'm probably just going to go with the one that makes the most sense to me because these are really confusing descriptions of a movie. I'm going to go with an experimental fantasy film with Dracula portrayed by a lamp. Oh, that's the one I was going to go for. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Kate, you're usually right, so I feel pretty good about this. Yeah, movie. you guys are good at this. That That is correct. Yay. Yeah, nice. I have like a morbid curiosity to seek this one out because it feels uh, in the spiritual realm of rubber, the sentient tire. Movie. Oh, it is. Good news. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, first of all, it was made last year. All you have to do to watch this movie 
is go to the Wikipedia page, that list of vampire movies. It's actually embedded in the Wikipedia page. Oh, nice. (laughs) Thanks, Wikipedia. (laughs) Guys, make sure you donate to Wikipedia. Right. You should. I have no idea why. You click it. It's long. It's like over an hour long. And it's a silent film, I think. Um, I didn't have the volume on, but it puts up like the little old cards of plot, like the silent films do. Yeah. The text cards. It just cuts between the text and a single shot of a lamp. What? And that's it. Obviously, I didn't watch the whole thing. Because no, I was infuriated at it. <laughs> I just want to see a lamp dressed up as Dracula. It's not dressed up. What? What's the point? Oh, I was I was imagining it's like a stand lamp. No, they're just. It's actually nope. a table lamp, but it is set on the floor. Oh my! God. <laughs> it's not even a nice lamp. I know. We yeah. have to watch this, but this movie is going to make me angry. I can tell. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Okay, all right, moving on. Here's the next one. This one, a little more historical, getting a little more serious here. This one's called A Night of Horror. And what I think is interesting here is you want to listen to the dates and the places. Okay, is it a 1916 German film that is credited as the first feature-length film to depict vampires? Is it a 1908 American film credited as the first feature-length film to depict vampires? Is it... 1898 French film credited as the first feature-length film to depict vampires, or is it a 1924 Italian film credited as, you guessed it, the first feature-length film to depict vampires? Okay, well, I don't think it's that one, right? Megan, this is so frustrating because I'm like 90% sure that we talked about this in the Nosferatu vampire mega episode. And now my bad memory is coming back to bite me in the butt. I cannot remember I what we talked about. I, I feel like Nosferatu is somewhere in that mix too, right? It was the first of something. Nosferatu was the first adaptation of Dracula. Of Bram Stoker's Dracula, it. Yeah. but it was um, but it was vampires. non-sanctioned. Yeah. I did research Nosferatu a little bit, like you guys, because I know you guys would have known it. And I did kind of weave it into this uh, answer. The the specter of Nosferatu is present in this question, if you will. I guess I'll go with 1916 German film then. I I don't quite understand what you're trying to tell me, but I know Nosferatu was a German film, so that's the one I'll pick. I'm going to go with 1898 French film. Okay. I feel good about it. Yeah. Uh, Megan, you're actually correct. Yay, finally. Yay, Meg. (laughs) Now, what happens in this movie apparently is that there are people that are behaving uh, like vampires in it. It almost seemed like it was like a zombie vampire type hybrid film, but it is credited as the first vampire movie, apparently. I can't believe these maniacs were in the midst of World War One and made a vampire movie. Yeah, we had time for that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) The next one is Mama Dracula. Is it a horror comedy? A nurturing vampire must resist the urge to drink the blood of the orphans she has sworn to protect. Is it a horror comedy? The mama bear archetype is lampooned when a church-going mom gets bitten by a vampire. Is it this horror comedy plot? Enthusiasts of baths consisting of the blood of young virgins must come to terms with a blood shortage. Or is it this hard dramedy? A young working mother juggles career, motherhood, and her penchant for raiding local blood banks. 
Oh, I love the nurturing vampire who has to protect her orphans. I think that one's just, I like that one the best. So I'm voting for that one. I want to see that one as like an actual movie, but I don't, I don't think it's that one. I'm going to say it's the mama bear archetype, but the church going mom. Oh, we have our first one that neither of you got correct. It's actually about an enthusiast of baths. Oh, oh my gosh. An enthusiast of baths. Is that, I did not even think that would be a thing. Like I, that was like, that sounds like Zach. That sounds like something Zach would make up. <laughs> so this is, comes from, I, from my research, apparently there were like three major novels about vampires that many of the plots came from. So it was Dracula. The next question that we're going to get to is, is the second one. And then the third one is like the folklore or tales or stories around this woman, Elizabeth Bathory. Oh yeah. Oh. Bathing in the blood of virgins. And, and that's where this one comes from. Well, I, actually, I, I don't know. Well, Elizabeth Bathory was a real person, right? But right. Okay. It was, but it was like a very like Marie Antoinette thing where people had all these like wild speculations around like who she was because she was a terrible person. Like an apocryphal thing about her was that like she tried to keep her skin youthful by bathing in virgin I see. blood. Okay, we stumped you two. I like it. The next one is like I was saying from one of the other sources for vampire fiction around the turn of the century last century the two centuries ago two centuries ago into last century i'm sorry what (laughs) okay the next one the title is called carmilla is it a film adaptation of the 1872 gothic novella and the origin of the dandy vampire prototype is it a film adaptation of the 1872 gothic novella and origin of the old tiny frontier prostitute vampire prototype is it a film adaptation of the 1872 gothic novella and origin of the lesbian vampire prototype? Or is it a film adaptation of the 1872 gothic novella and origin of the beech nut flavored gum vampire prototype? <laughs> as much as I would love for it to be the last one, I'm going to go with Dandy. Dandy vampire. Okay. <sighs> I really just want to pick number two just because it says old timey, but I'm going to go with lesbians. I I really don't think it's the beech nut flavored gum. (laughs) Yeah. Beech nut flavored gum is super old timey though, right? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not that old. (laughs) Yeah. It's very old. It is actually the lesbian vampire prototype. Yes. Yay, Meg. Got it. Nice. Um, So this, like I said, is another like major source material, um, maybe second from what I was reading, it seems like maybe it's second only to Dracula. And it's uh, apparently like a, like a big thing. And this Gothic novella um, is sort of famous in this as starting off this prototype of, of like the lesbian vampire. And it's like very subtle in it, of course, in 1872, but it seems like it's probably kind of interesting. There's been a ton of movies of this, by the way. Yeah. And in fact, it's worth noting here that on the Wikipedia page, it's divided into like four categories. One, with movies based off Dracula. Two, with movies based off Carmilla. Three is Elizabeth Bathory. And then four is like random, like vampire movies that are just vampires. So I'm wondering if this this story is sort of playing with the bride of Dracula. Like, I mean, obviously Dracula was written when it was written. I don't, I don't know how much they bounced off of each other, but if the bride of Dracula concept is like stems from this sort of lesbian vampire 
idea. There yeah. are so many exploitation flicks and like C-list like movies done in like the 60s and 70s with all of those erotic vampire movies. Um, remember the director who did Count Dracula with Christopher Lee? He did like all of those like Lesbos Vampiros yeah. movies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the true successor to uh, yeah, Carmilla. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Okay, for the next one we have just another name, and the name is Rufus. Is it a mysterious new newcomer in rural Saskatchewan turns out to be a vampire? Is it? A mysterious mob insider in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan's the largest city, but not its capital, turns out to be a vampire. Is it that a mysterious member of the House of Commons in Regina, which is, by the way, the real capital of Saskatchewan, turns out to be a vampire? Or is it a mysterious province in Canada turns out to be a Saskatchewan, capital Regina, not Saskatoon. What? <laughs> I feel like I feel like Zach's got a bone to pick <laughs> with Saskatchewan here. I'm gonna go with answer three. A mysterious young House of Commons member in Regina, the real capital of Saskatchewan, turns out to be a vampire. I, I have a feeling he just threw in this weird capital business to mess with us. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with that one because it seems I don't know, uh the most straightforward. And not too obvious like the first one. I started off so strong and I've just really fallen off a cliff. So I'm going to go with Mysterious Mob Insider. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it's answer four, though. Uh, no, it's actually answer one. It is the oh, most bomb. simple, oh my God. <laughs> lame, basic one. Uh, a mysterious newcomer, actually a young boy uh, in rural Saskatchewan, turns out to be a vampire. Well, you got us. Yeah, I guess the, there's. I have no follow facts on this one. That's that's it. Um, have you okay. been to Saskatchewan? I have. I haven't. Okay. I have. Just not wondering. Either. Yeah, me neither. All right, we have nothing to say about this one. Moving on. <laughs> okay. The next one, uh, second to the last one here, home stretch. Blood sucking bastards. A down on his luck city planner has to route a new overpass through a neighborhood run by vampires. A down-on-his-luck writer in rural Maine frequents the new posh bar that opens up in his sleepy town, only to find out it's run by vampires. A down-on-his-luck cubicle worker and his slacker best friend discover that their new boss is a vampire who's turning their co-workers into the undead, or is it a down-on-his-luck cubicle writer in rural Saskatchewan <laughs> moves to Saskatoon <laughs> and befriends a lamp that is also a vampire. Oh, wow. Really bringing it all together there with number four. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with number three, that uh, this guy's boss is turning people into the undead because I can totally see a boss doing that. And I, yeah. I see the title. Uh, I think the title is a good indicator that the boss is that bastard. I agree. I'm, I'm going with the cubicle worker. You don't think blood-sucking bastards could be the name of a bar in rural Maine? No. No, I don't. No. <laughs> well, it could be, but you you guys are both right. 
Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you were trying to like force us into the wrong answer. I, I, in general, I was trying to like get a Stephen King thing going, and the second one to bait you two into. I'll be like, oh, these guys love Stephen King. They'll, Dude, they'll vote. I know that Stephen King did not write a book called Blood Sucking Bastards or produce <laughs> a movie named as such. That's more of a Joe Hill kind of like yeah. book title. Yeah. Okay, you guys ready for the last one? Yes. Yes. Okay. The last one is called Liar, Liar, Vampire. And importantly in this one, I'm also going to kind of name the the studio, like who made the movie, because I think it helps. (laughs) Is it made by Nickelodeon? The hot new boy at school is mistakenly identified as a vampire by the school's main hot girl, so he just keeps going with it. Or is it made by the CW, the hot new girl at school, is mistakenly identified as a vampire by another hot girl, so she just has to, like, (laughs) deal with that. (laughs) Or is it made by Netflix? The hot new girl at school is mistakenly identified as a vampire by the school's main hot boy, but they totally end up together, LOL. Or is it made by HBO Max? The hot new boy at school is mistakenly identified as a Marxist by the school's main hot late-stage capitalist, can they reconcile their differences to fight off all the vampires that happen to be infesting this school? As much as I wish it were the last one, this one just feels like a Netflix movie to me. Okay, Kate's going with Netflix. Meg, what do you think? Uh, So I still use Netflix from time to time, and I haven't seen this come up. So I'm going to assume it's not on Netflix because if I haven't seen it, of course, it's not there. (laughs) Oh, I'm really stuck between CW and Nickelodeon. If CW is correct, I love the way it's been summarized. (laughs) But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Nickelodeon. The hot new boy is identified as a vampire, but just keeps dating the hot girl. Yeah, that's it. It seems like she's kind of like into vampires from what I read on the plot. And so he just like goes with it. And it's actually a fairly recent movie, maybe 10 years old. Who is just into vampires? I mean, they don't exist. Yeah. I, I, well, look, I mean, you just pretty much just summed up a whole season of your lives. Okay. So how did we do overall? Did, did you submit your scores, responses? I submitted my scores. The quiz is telling me I got zero out of zero total the quiz points. quiz is though. broken. The quiz is broken. <laughs> We will definitely fix the quiz for our listeners before it goes out, but we can just count our answers. So I got five out of 10 correct. Oh, nice. I got six out of 10. I was not expecting that. I actually wasn't expecting to get any of these right. (laughs) I did as well as random chance. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Now, um, one last movie I just want to talk about that I was going to use that looks really cool is called A Girl Walks Alone at Night. Um, I definitely would recommend we check it out. It's about, it's sort of like this Persian-American-made movie that is set in Tehran, and it just plays with all these different themes. Um, It seemed really serious and kind of dark and messed up. It has like a little bit of underworld crime going on in Tehran. It has sort of like the influences of, of looks like of like Islam and how that interacts with vampires. And it looked really interesting. I just couldn't get like something super goofy out of it. So I passed on that one. But reading the synopsis, it looked like a really cool movie. I've seen that movie and it is really good. Oh, cool. 
I would highly recommend that one. That would be a great one for us to cover in a uh, foreign horror movie season in the future. Oh, yeah. Well, we've talked about some vampire mysteries, comedies, art films, and even some kids' movies. I'm excited to actually get back to looking at vampires through this lens and not necessarily a horror lens. Because what I've learned this season is that vampires do not actually seem to be very horror forward. They are a plot device used to inject some thrills, but not necessarily scares. So I'm glad that we have literally dozens, hundreds of more vampire movies at our disposal to work our way through. And maybe this will inspire our listeners to watch some of these goofier vampire movies as well. We're going to share the link to this quiz in our Instagram bio, as well as on our blog. So uh, share it with your friends since you already know the answers. We hope that you guys enjoyed learning about some random vampire movies and that you check some of them out. I learned so much about vampires this season that I didn't even think I needed to learn. I did too. And I very incorrectly thought that I was close to a vampire expert coming into this season. (laughs) I remember thinking of you as a vampire expert. (laughs) We, after watching the first movie interview had individually started writing down, you know, what makes a vampire? And we rapidly realized that we needed some kind of system to categorize these things because truly it's not just that they've got pasty skin and drink blood. It's a big, big, big part of it. (laughs) But there are so many vampire traits across just these movies that we did this season, not even thinking about the literally hundreds of other vampire movies and books and TV shows that are out there. It was really incredible to see how much variety there was between even just the eight movies we watched. Um, There are so many traits on our list that only show up once or twice in these movies. And honestly, I'm really glad, Kate, with the amount of vampire movies that exist, it would get boring really fast if everyone did the same thing or treated their vampires the same way. It did add a fun element to watching these movies to try and see like, ooh, is this movie going to have a familiar in it or <laughs> or is this one going to have a curveball in it? Like the fact that they um, are allergic to silver. Like who, know- like who knows what random traits are going to be thrown at us in these movies that might only ever come up in this one movie and literally nowhere else. Right. So first off, we should talk about what exists in all or nearly all of the movies. Uh, There's definitely some traits that you must have in order to be a vampire. And the first one on that list is, you guessed it, they have to drink blood. This is true. I thought that it was uh, a gimme, right? Like vampires drink blood. Apparently, you can argue 
basically every other feature about vampires. But our theory is that every single vampire must drink blood. That's what we saw in these movies. And I would love to hear from anybody who has any dissenting opinion because um, you're crazy. <laughs> 100% success rate on this trait. Yeah. Um, the next two that showed up in most of these movies, but not all, showed up in seven out of eight of these movies. Uh, vampires have fangs and vampires can turn people. Do we want to do we want to debate this a little bit, Kate? I know we had some uh, a little bit of friction with the fangs. <laughs> <laughs> so fangs was tough because thirty days of night they have different teeth that I would classify as fangs. <laughs> um, but they are they're just like a like a row they're like rows of sharp teeth. Right. And I was saying that fangs are specifically like fangs are specific teeth. They aren't when all of your teeth are pointy. Um, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a biologist. But then again, neither is Kate. So we can have this <laughs> debate all day. I know. And I did literally <laughs> zero research on what makes fangs. <laughs> Even to this day. <laughs> we can agree that vampires have sharp teeth. Vampires do have sharp teeth across the board. There is yeah. some degree of sharp teeth happening. Um, but if you're talking about your human canines being pointed into fangs, that only occurred in seven out of the eight movies that we watched. I will Correct. give you that. I will give you that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to be real uh, sticky about it um, just to mess with Kate. <laughs> I also called out that uh, in Nosferatu, we don't see him actually turn anybody. So we left that one unchecked for Nosferatu. Which I think is fair. I think that you you need some kind of evidence to be able to claim that something happens. I, I believe that if you read the uh, Dracula book by Bram... Stoker, almost certainly you're going to see that he, he can turn people. Um, but in the Nosferatu movie, it doesn't happen and no one talks about it. So, yeah. so it doesn't count. <laughs> and it wasn't sanctioned. So yep. they went a different way with it, maybe. Yeah. But it does happen in all of the other movies and uh, is usually a pretty big plot point. Yes. Yes. It was a big plot point, I think, in almost all of these other movies actually yeah in every other movie it it was a big deal it is they they really really use it as um either the point of the movie <laughs> um like in lost boys um or something to uh be afraid of like in 30 days of night what were you surprised about that wasn't a universal trait i was surprised that never aging was not a universal trait because my concept of vampires is that they're essentially immortal. And that point only really came up in four of the movies. So 50% of our movies had um, specifically that they never age. And I, I was just blown away. I was like, this, <laughs> this is like a thing to me. Like, 
And I was just, I was just wrong. It's not a thing that comes up in every vampire piece of media. I also thought that was weird. There were a couple of movies where they don't not age. They just age extremely slowly. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, I did kind of appreciate that a bit more than living forever. That concept to me is so hard to wrap my head around. Uh, The slow aging makes a lot more sense. And it helps leave behind those questions of like, well, what happens if you get pregnant? What happens if you're born, Mm -hmm. you know, born a vampire? Are you always a baby? Like, you don't have to worry about that stuff as much Mm -hmm. with this trait being treated that way. Yeah. What about you? Was was there anything else that was surprising? I kind of thought more vampires would be shown turning into bats. Yeah. Um, That wasn't really a thing. No, not everyone's got the CGI budget for it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Count Dracula had a pretty great bat on a stick. Oh, my God. I do love that bat on a stick <laughs> with his visible string. <laughs> yeah, uh, it that one took me by surprise. I also was surprised uh, at how little religion was involved in most of these stories. Um, and yeah. I wasn't I didn't hate that, but it did surprise me. Yes. Uh, You know, we talked about the commonalities um, across the eight movies, and we had such a long list of traits that only came up in one movie. And I think the one that I am like far and away most surprised by was that getting killed by a wooden stake only came up in one movie. Yeah. Which one was that? Was that was that Lost a... Boys. Yeah. Specifically that wooden stake. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like when he got impaled on the fence post that mm-hmm. the grandpa was building. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And was didn't somebody get their head spiked through at the end? They did too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were like kind of mounted on the wall, basically. Right. Yeah. But nobody else did this uh, or or specifically said like, you know, you have to use a wooden stake in any of these other movies. I was also surprised by that. This is an old one that I often forget about. But when I heard it come up in Lost Boys, I was like, oh, right. Why don't all the rest of these movies have this trait? And that's being invited into someone's home you you have to be invited in before you can wreak havoc and uh, I thought that was a pretty universal trait uh, although one that I had forgotten about but it's not it was only featured in Lost Boys I do want to call out that of all of the movies that we watched this season that Lost Boys introduced the highest number of traits <laughs> And so, yeah. and so there was just so much lore that they were constantly bringing in and throwing at us. And so, um, I feel like if you're trying to cover the most ground with vampire traits, Lost Boys is definitely the one, um, that gives you the most, um, historical and also just what seems like new, <laughs> new rules around how vampires work. Which makes sense. That movie had 
the two, well, three boy characters that spent a lot of the time researching vampires via comic book mm-hmm. and trying to stop them. Makes sense that that's where we would learn a lot of these one-off traits. Well, I feel like any vampire movie that I watch in the future, I'm going to be thinking about this trait list and seeing where that movie fits in um, against our Matrix. I don't think I could watch a vampire movie without keeping a list next to me, actually, (laughs) because I want to know now what new stuff is happening with vampires. Yeah, what <laughs> these what, days. what fun new vampire traits and technology are coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Got to stay on top of things. Well, we will share this trait list, this trait matrix on our blog. So you can take a look at all of the different traits that are included in the movies that we watched. And we hope you guys enjoy it and maybe learn something from it about vampires. So we have talked about the vampire trait commonalities across all of the movies that we watched and had so many of them that we thought that our activity for this episode, because we cannot have a finale without having a craft. No. (laughs) We wanted to build our own vampires. So using the traits chart that we put together We wanted to put together, um, respectively, our own concept of what makes a true or ideal vampire and either collage or create some type of art that is representative of that type of vampire. So this is pretty open-ended. I'm just basing it on the traits and then however we wanted to depict these vampires So who even knows what each of us came up with? I'm pretty excited to show you mine. I have to ask, is yours physical or is it digital? Mine is physical. How is, what is yours? Mine is digital. I, I had made an assumption that yours was probably going to be digital since I feel like when you do illustrations or drawings, I feel like often I think of you doing digital artwork. That's the route I went this time. So let me send it to you and we can talk about it. Oh, okay. Whoa, so cool. I'm very <laughs> curious to get your initial thoughts <laughs> on, a, on my vampire. Okay, I love it. So Megan sent me this image, which is a digital collage. I love it. So it is a female vampire. She looks fabulously wealthy, let me say, (laughs) (laughs) which I do think is an important part of vampires. (laughs) She's got the fangs. Her eyes are different colors, pale skin, long, dark hair, um, beautiful, (laughs) maybe in quotes, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A vampire's ideal of beauty, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I think it's so fun. Um, So what traits did you focus on? So for me, it was important, number one, to get rid of the claws. (laughs) Because (laughs) you've heard me many, many, many times 
say how much I hate long fingernails. I hate long fingernails in general, but I especially hate them when they're on these vampires. They're like extra long, extra pointy. I just can't stand it. So Mm -hmm. the first thing I wanted to make sure came through with my vampire was that her claws or its claws are not actually fingernails. They are like adornments. They're, They're almost like a jewelry that can be worn a very dangerous jewelry. Um, and that way it looks more ornamental and not gross to me. <laughs> so that was actually the first thing I knew I was going to update in my vampire. Vampires are also known to be beautiful and they kind of regenerate in a sense, right? They don't really decay or age, I I should say. So it was important to me to start with a flawless body. And of course, I chose Nicole Kidman's frame, uh, her, her, her as a base, I chose her face to, to work from because I just, I love Nicole Kidman. She's my favorite actress. Um, and I think she has such beautiful porcelain skin. It, it served well mm-hmm. to start off this vampire collage. Um, I did push in the cheekbones quite a bit though I wanted this thing to look yeah Yeah. ghastly yeah I also wanted these guys to look dead they should look dead so there's no color there's very little color in the skin I I made the hair dark so that it would accentuate this and you're right I also wanted these guys to be rich It, it makes sense you know you would go through time collecting wealth or or I guess investing in stock or something you're going to you're going to end up with a lot of wealth. Uh so she has is like bedazzled basically. So in, many in a, gemstones. Yeah. I love it. It's super fun and I like the the red like blood red background you put her on too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Lastly, I thought vampires should look more animalistic and and a little less human, so I gave her weird eyes. Um Yes. Which is kind of touched on in 30 Days of Night. So that's my vampire. I love it. I I didn't really know what direction you were going to go in because I knew that through talking about all of the traits in these movies that we seemed to like it when the vampires were were more animalistic, um, had a little bit more of a transformation, looked a little more inhuman. And so I didn't know if you were going to go like full bat boy on us <laughs> or like scrunch face um, or, or not. But I think that this vampire is really cool. And I think that it hits all the, it hits all the like classic vampire archetypes. Yeah. I thought about doing that something like a lot more animal, but then I was thinking about how vampires have to blend in. They, they don't really have a choice if they're going to survive in our society. So I was thinking they should still look human, but definitely not human, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. All right. I want to see yours. I'm so excited. Kate has done a painting. I did a watercolor. (laughs) Okay. Her vampire, again, another female. I think it's funny that we both did women. We did. I know. It's, yeah. It makes sense. Like they, they ha- tend to have the best skincare regimen, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So she has dead eyes and is very pale. So she's got that good ghostly dead look to her while still looking like classically pristine. 
Um, she's got fangs, of course, and is out at night. It looks like there's a blood moon. I'm curious to hear the story behind that. And it also looks like maybe she has some familiars flying around in the background. Oh, there's the two dots on her neck, too. I love that. <laughs> That's yeah. a nice little touch. <laughs> so I am very, like, uh, like conservative, I guess, about how I think of my vampires when I was thinking about the traits that I feel like a vampire has to have. Um, I think, of course, they have to have that um, extremely pale, dead-looking skin. I always think of vampire women as having this long, heavy, straight black mm-hmm. hair, which you also had in yours, mm-hmm. fangs. In watching these movies, I loved it when there was an eye change, which was something that I hadn't thought about, like, prior to this season and so I really like the the full blackout eyes um very similar to 30 days of night I think it is like absolutely critical that vampires can only come out at night that is like a thing that I like will not compromise on (laughs) and I painted a blood moon because it looks cooler okay Um (laughs) (laughs) it does look cool And the bats are to represent that I also think it's important that vampires are able to transform into bats. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's a good call. There is a painting which is one of my favorite paintings. I love it so much, and it is my favorite depiction of a vampire by Albert Joseph Pinot, um, and it's called the Batwoman. Um, I'll put a picture of this up on the blog as well, so you can see it. Um, but it is this like very classical looking woman who has these like huge, beautiful, like bat wings. I think when I think of vampires in like horror, horror movies, I don't, I don't think that they're usually like human-esque with bat wings, but I do think the transformation of like a vampire into a bat is like pretty critical too. It was funny. I was looking through our trait list and trying to think of, you know, checking off the things that I think that is important for vampires to have. And then I did like my little matrix to see, well, which movie does this line up best with? Because I really thought that I was going to be creating a vampire that was closest to uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Sure. But I actually, based on the traits that I liked the best, am closest to a Lost Boys vampire. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm so glad you did that analysis for us. It's funny because your vampire does not make me think of the Lost Boys. It doesn't have like the glitz and glam of the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) That's really interesting. I did the analysis after I did the painting. And so if I had thought about it, I would have been like, oh, well, maybe I would have like given her some like fun 80s clothes or something like that. Um, But no, I just tried to make a sexy lady vampire. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) It works. I thought this was a really fun craft idea to just like build your own monster because I felt like there were so many different ways you could go with it. I was going to do a digital collage um, and then turns out I'm not very good at digital collages. So I had to start (laughs) over. (laughs) It can be a little overwhelming, um, but so can painting by hand. Props to you, girl. I I'm glad we had this little check for understanding assignment. It was really fun. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this season. I hope you guys enjoyed this craft. And if you guys decide to make your own vampires, please share with us in the blog.
so Kate, do you think you'll be watching a lot more vampire movies? Oh, of course. I'm already a vampire geek, and this season just stoked the flames for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made me want to go back and watch all of those vampire things that I watched when I was in high school and really made me want to go back and reread some Anne Rice. Uh, so I am all for it. This was new for you. There was a lot of new movies, um, new history to learn. Um, a lot about the plague, surprisingly. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel so informed. <laughs> Thanks, vampires. How are you feeling about vampires going forward? I do think I'm going to be watching some of those vampire movies we talked about in our quiz. Some of those sounded really amazing and off the wall. I think I'm going to be looking at vampires through a totally different lens. Rather than trying to fit them into the horror genre, I think I'm just going to go in assuming it's not horror. This year, I started watching What We Do in the Shadows, and I thought that was really a great show. I I really enjoy watching that vampire comedy. Taika Waititi's What We Do in the Shadows is truly incredible, and if you haven't seen the movie, you should definitely watch the movie. Yeah, movie's great. The show is really great, too. I'm enjoying it. I highly recommend it. So I, I'm definitely going to latch on to some of these comedies that we talked up, talked about for sure. I may stay away from a lot of the Count Dracula sequels <laughs> and uh, weird movies there, but um, I'll, I'll try to squeeze a couple in just, you know, for Christopher Lee's sake. Yeah, I think that interspersing some of my future viewings with some of these more classic ones, um, we did not do any Bella Lugosi this season. And so I would love to, you know, try and get some of those in at some point, some of those more universal classic ones. But um, I, as I said, the vampires have been a lifelong love for me. I'm not going to abandon them now. We hope you guys have enjoyed all of the vampire movies we've talked about. And we would love to hear more about what your favorite vampire movies are. They probably don't exist on this list because our list is such a small subset of the available vampire movies. So let us know what we should watch next. And stay tuned because later this summer we will be releasing a whole new season Uh, that is dedicated to horror comedy movies. And that one is a laugh a minute, so don't miss it. We're kicking off July 8th, and we hope to see you there. This was Not Quite Dead. Check out our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at NotQuiteDeadPodcast and on Twitter at NQD underscore podcast. Follow our blog for bonus content at NotQuiteDeadPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And happy watching. Happy watching.